up for you and we're going to turn to Numbers chapter 6. So as we uh, celebrate our 11th birthday tonight, um, we're at a point in the church story, uh, like in our story, where we're headed into a really big year. Um, And God has some, he has some things in front of us that are going to require just a ton of faith. And trust, and there's some some significant things that are happening, and that are on the books that that are scheduled to go down this uh, this year. And some of them, uh, or really all of them, are sort of um, open ended. You know, uh, it's not that God has said, "Here's the next nine steps in each of these things." He just said, "Here's the next one step," uh, but it's stepping in a direction that um, it would. It's one of those things like in life when you would feel so much better if the next nine steps were like crystal clear. But he's like, oh, I'm not going to do that because that doesn't require any faith. I'm just going to tell you the next one and just tell you to trust me uh, as you take it. And so um, looking, looking at the 30 days of prayer, it, uh, I believe that he, has, he had a number of different things in mind uh, for, our, for our hearts and our minds and our souls and our sanctification and our love for one another and our love for him. Uh, that each year, I think it's formative for us. Um, and so to spend a week looking at Jesus uh, fulfilling the office of prophet, that he is bringing us the words of God. He's revealing us the character of God. He is, is honest with us in telling us the truth, and he is never, ever wrong. That as our prophet, he is perfect. And he's bringing us the words of God that we spent another week about him being our priest. That he is the, he's the one that is pre- like preparing himself to make the sacrifices as the Holy One. He's preparing the sacrifice itself. That he is the sacrifice. That he makes the sacrifice. That he goes into the presence of God on our behalf um, and like makes the offering for sin so that we can be in the presence of God connected to him. He is the relational connection. He's the one like taking, taking the, the dividing wall of hostility and he is the one tearing it down so that us and God can be one again. He's our priest. He's in between us and God making that happen. Um, he is, is securing that. He is holding that. He has, has done all of those things so that we and God can be, once, can be one again. Um, we spent a week about him being our king, that he is far above all the rule and power and authority and dominion, that he is ruling the universe, and he's ruling your heart and my heart in this church, and he is holding all those things together, securely guiding, guiding every single bit of it, keeping us from harm, um, only acting for our good. And so Jesus uh, fulfills, in, just in him of himself, Offices that required a bunch of different people over the course of Israel's history. And he's able to do all of them one time in perfection. And um, for it to be this lasting thing that will never come to an end. And so we had three weeks of him just kind of being this stunning leader. 
And we're going to need him to be our prophet and our priest and our king going forward into this year as, as a church. Um, and, you know, we're, we're planning to, uh, to hire a third staff member. Um, like that phone call will happen this week, you know, to bring another person in to help give more, more and more structure as the church grows and as the needs grow. We've been planning for that. We've been saving money for that. We've been just trusting him for a while. And so that phone call is going to happen this week. And we're, we're putting a team together to receive this person. We're so confident that this is going to happen. And if it's not this person, then he has someone. But this is, like, this is something that's happening. You know, we're putting a team together to get more aggressive about finding a place to meet on Sundays, uh, preferably Sunday mornings. That would be really awesome. But, but we really feel that, that the search that we have been conducting has been, it's been what it's supposed to be so far. And now he's saying, all right, um, let's, get, let's get more aggressive. Like this, let's take this big of a step of faith that you're going to put a team together to start walking through buildings and looking at pieces of property and all that kind of stuff. And so like that's a big step for us. We are planting a mission church uh, in Zachary, probably. I mean, we're taking one more step in that direction, which is not to say it's absolutely 100% going to happen, but we are absolutely 100% going to take the next steps uh, in faith, believing that he is doing something with this group of people. Um, so you might look at our church and say, how in the world can all this happen at once? And uh, I say that, you know, sometimes myself. Like, how can, how can this church do all those things? Shouldn't we pick one? And there's two reasons why we won't. One is that God is drawing us into all of those. But also, they all, like, fit together with one another. They're, they're really, it's kind of like, really, like, they're all, like, one thing with just different, different aspects to it. That God's saying, no, let's, we're going to take a deeper step into the city, into the communities, into who you are as a church. And that is going to require a heavenly prophet to bring us the words of God, a heavenly priest to keep us like connected to God relationally, that he is our first love in all of these things. And it's going to take a heavenly divine king ruling over us to make sure that we don't mess all this up somehow. And thanks be to God that he has all of them for us. That we do not have to fear the days ahead or worry or stress out about anything. We're just called to be faithful and to trust him and to to ask for his wisdom and to to step carefully and all those kinds of things, but to not be timid or afraid, to be confident because he is our perfect prophet, our perfect priest, and our perfect king, and he will always be that for us. We would not be here in year 11 if he were not. And so we are on the cusp of this, like these some pretty significant steps in these ways. And um, and I hope that you're excited by that. You know, like I hope that that's like enthralling a little bit. I hope that there's a little bit of nervousness because nerves are not bad. You know, like that's like kind of a good thing if your adrenaline pumps a little bit. Like that's kind of like a good deal. But to me, the, the comforting thing is that he is the head of this church. You know, he is the head of the church. We've spent the last few weeks, if you've been a part of the 30 days of prayer journey, just looking at how awesome he is. You know? So why would we fear or worry about what's ahead? And then in number six, there's this, there's this blessing. And the blessing is rooted in the character and the heart of God. Um, 
And that's kind of what we walked through this, this week. If you start in, in verse uh, 22, this is number 6. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So the charge goes to the priests. It says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bless the people, and I want you to speak these words over them. And they would, they would, would hold their hands out, and I think you've heard me talk about this before, and they would... They would, would their hands would would be would form what is uh, the it resembles the Hebrew of Yahweh, and they would put their hands out. And it was kind of like this. Yeah, it was like this. And you may have heard me talk before about Leonard Nimoy when he, you know, as Spock when he would do "Live Long and Prosper." That was his like he's Jewish, and that was his like homage to the priestly blessing, which is kind of cool. Um, and they would hold their hands over the people, and they would speak this blessing, and the people would receive that. And that's how God would like put his name on his people. And so this week, kind of we spent a, a, each day like a part of that for a part of the phrasing and the priestly blessing. So when it says the Lord, like to so to bless is to it's the same word as kneel. And so you're asking and you're hoping that God will kneel down and help help us do what we can't do on our own. That's the blessing of God. That's what it means for God to bless people, is for him to stoop down and to help us do what we can't do on our own. And so to bless and then to keep, to keep is to, is to protect, to guard, to watch over, um, like a shepherd guarding his flock from predators and those kinds of things, that God is the, the keeper of Israel, that he is the keeper of your life and my life, that he never sleeps or slumbers, that he's always watchful over us. And so when we need help, he's stooping down to help us. When, when we're just living our lives, he's, he's guarding us from anything that might harm us. Um, the next part, to the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that Speaking of the, the favor of God, like may, may you know that God is for you all the time. That he is with you, that he is on your side, that he, I mean, he is your biggest champion. And, be, and the gracious part is that you don't have to earn that. I mean, he is for you, even on those days where you're maybe like kind of ashamed of some of your like behavioral things or anything like that. Uh, that it's not something you're having to earn and act right necessarily, that he's... He's like, his face is shining upon you. His favor is shining on you. As obvious as the sun in the sky shining down upon you, even um, ridiculously hot in February, you know. That there's this obvious, like, man, it's so obvious that God is for me. Just like it's obvious that it's light outside. And I haven't had to earn it. That even even when you think you have... have um, that you're deserving of his favor to turn away from you. It just doesn't. He's like, it's not about the earning. That he's for you, even, even when um, he's, he's not exactly endorsing your, your behavior or my behavior or my attitude or whatever. He can, he can say, hey, I don't like how you're acting, but I'm still for you. And the reason I don't like 
the way that you're acting is because I am for you. That's the most loving thing I can do is say no. That's harmful to you. And so he's stooping down to help. He's, he's keeping and, and guarding. He's for his people and not because they've earned it, just, just because he loves us. And then it says, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Like, may he like, like see you. May he take notice of you. May it be obvious that he's paying attention to your life. Read the story of, of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was not a tall man, and so there was a crowd, and he really wanted to see Jesus, so he climbs up in a tree. And Jesus like looked at him and was like, Hey, you, I'm coming to your house. And so the blessing is, may God like notice you. May you know that you don't have to climb up in a tree and holler at him to get his attention, that he's like zeroed in on you. His countenance is lifted upon you, and that he's giving you peace, which is about wholeness. That God has taken things that were once divided and made them one, one like whole thing. And that division is like us and him, we are one with him. Us and each other, we are one with him. You divided within yourself, you're one with him. That there's this wholeness that comes with his shalom and his peace. And so, as a, as a church, to look at the year ahead, to have all of those things kind of mashed into one deal. That he's our prophet bringing us the words of God. He's our priest keeping, keeping us relationally connected to God. Um, that he is our king ruling over us. And that he is blessing us, stooping down to help us. That he is keeping us, protecting us from our harm. That his face is shining upon us. That his favor, he's for us. That it's done great, like in graciousness, that we're not having to earn it. So that means that we can't lose it. That he is paying attention to our lives because his countenance is lifted upon us. And he is giving us peace, keeping us whole. Why in the world do we need to worry about anything? Why do you need to worry about anything in your life? And, we, and so here's this gospel that we have. Here's this reality that we have that's ours. And it makes us sing, and it makes us pray, and it, makes, it gets us excited, and it, it shifts things into perspective. And God is, an, he is enough. Like, we don't need anything more than that. And yet, there's this church that he has given us. And so it's not that we need the church because he's not enough. But we need the church because he has given us the church. Because as easy as it may be to come into a room and start singing some of these songs and you read, hear these scriptures and you push all that stuff together and there's a part of you and everything starts to really just sync up perfectly and you're like, I will not fear the day. Sometimes it's difficult to carry that through after we scatter out and we go into our own lives and routines and that kind of stuff. And we have, we have Bibles that we, I mean, I think we still have paper Bibles, right? Like we have Bibles, we have Bibles on our phones, we have music, we have God with us all the time, in us, uh, like dwelling within us. We have everything that we need for life and godliness because like through our knowledge of Him who has called us, And yet he has seen it fit to surround us with the church. So why do we need the church? 
You know, like why is this important? Why are we celebrating eleven years together? Why are we taking these big steps forward? Why why are, are we why are we doing all of these things? You know, for a lot of people in especially in America, church is like it's what you go to on Sunday. The church is is a worship service. It's a it's a it's like a thing that you do. But when the Bible speaks of the church, it, it's it's not a thing that you go to. It's a family that you're a part of. These are like brothers and sisters. These are siblings that are gathered together. These are people who are all broken, and yet the same prophet, priest, king has spoken to them to draw them in. The same blesser and keeper is 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 holding all of us together. That there's a solidarity that exists across the board that he's given us to each other. And so not everyone that's a Christian under like understands that and everyone is not a everyone is not a part necessarily of of churches who who have a drive, like a deep family drive. Um, but there are a lot of churches out there that do. And so we don't want to ever be a church that's just it's just a thing that you go to on Sundays. It's a family that you're a part of. And like any family, sometimes it's easy to be a part of a family, and sometimes it's hard to be a part of a family. But God has given us one another. And it isn't because He, it isn't because he somehow uh, comes up short, and so we need like some sort of like additional thing to kind of fill in the gaps. It's because the way that He leads us prophetically and as a priest... As a king, and the way that he blesses and keeps and shines upon us and is gracious to us and pays attention to us and keeps us whole is because he does that directly and he also does that, that through each other. That if you look again at the priestly blessing, I'm just going to speak from my, from my perspective. Um, like, so when I speak like for me, I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm just using it as like a first person thing. That the, a part of the way that God blesses me, like stoops down to help me do what I can't do on my own, is, like, is his, like, directly. There are times when it's just me and him, and he is helping me do what I cannot do. And then there are times when he is, like, through you, he is helping me do what I cannot do. So he blesses me, like, vertically, and he blesses me horizontally through you. It's the convergence of those things. How does he keep me? He keeps me himself and he keeps me through all of you. That you are a part of my protection. That you are a part of, of, of my like watching over my coming and, and going. That you are, are helping keep watch over me. And in the times when I forget that God is looking after me, he uses you to remind me that he is with me. And when I forget that he wants to bless me and help me, he sends you guys in to help me. I'm like, oh yeah, because you're with me, I'm reminded that he is also with me. Because you're keeping me, I'm reminded that he is also keeping me. That the way that his face shines upon me and he is gracious to me is is when I know that you are for me. Like when you let me know, there's no doubt in the world that I'm on your side. Agree or disagree, it has nothing to do with behavior, it has nothing to do with, it's completely this unearned thing. That if you have to have a great conversation with me, or a tough conversation with me, it is gracious 
because that favor is not earned. That the most like that all those are forms of love. And when, I, when you remind me that you're with me and you're for me, then I'm reminded that he is also with me and he is also for me. That when you lift your countenance upon me, like when you pay attention to my life, not like listen to the sermons, like pay attention to my life. Like when you're like, hey, you seem really like joyful lately. Or when you're like, hey, you don't seem like yourself lately. Or when you're like, hey, you're super hard to read. Uh, can you just tell me what's going on up there? And I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like a duck, man. Like, top of the water, it looks like nothing's going on, but beneath it's like, you know, like legs just kicking, like all kinds of stuff going on, right? But when you pay attention to me, like not in a weird way, like in a really good way, uh, I'm reminded that God is also paying attention to me. And when you and I live in peace, when there's wholeness that's, that's there, um, it's, I know that it's because God has made me at peace with him. And it's because we are all invited to, into his peaceful existence, that kind of wholeness. That's why we're able to live in peace together. And so all that being in first person, all this thing, it also applies to you. That he blesses you through the church and he keeps you through the church, and his face shines upon you through the church, and he's gracious to you through the church, and his countenance is lifted upon you through the church, and gives you peace through the church. Is he enough? Yes. Do we need the church? Yes. It's the intersection of all those things. And so we are a gift to each other, a gift from God. So he's gifted us with Christ, and he's gifted us with each other. And one gift reminds us of the other gift. That every time the priestly blessing is made real in your life directly from God, you know it's from him. And every time the priestly blessing is made real in your life through the other people in the church, it's also from him. And so when the church gathers, we begin to sing. The horizontal and the vertical just collide in this amazingly beautiful way. When we come and take the Lord's Supper and we line up and we go through the line like that, it's colliding in this really beautiful way. And we go out there in a little while and we eat this wonderful food prepared by the Iglesias family this afternoon and We sit underneath these lights that are beautifully put up by our deacons. And we're here today because so many faithful ones have gone before us. And we're going to battle for the the lost in our city. And for those who don't know the blessing and keeping of God the way that we do. And we're trying to create this really healthy church culture that looks like Jesus and reflects the gospel so that our kids come up and that's kind of all that they know. Like they don't have to like figure things out, you know. All of that stuff. It's, it's God gifting us with himself and with each other. And all these things that we celebrate, they're just celebrations of him and his goodness to us. And so when we bless one another at the end of a service, a part of it is, like, that's our desire for each other. 
That God would would help you this week, that he would keep you this week, that you would know his favor this week, that you would not feel like you have to earn it, or that you've lost it. That you would know he's paying attention to you, and that you would walk in wholeness with him. And there, at the same time, needs to be this understanding of, and if I can help you be reminded of any of that stuff then I hope that I am faithful in my relationships with, the, with you, with the covenant that we are a part of as his children, then also as a, a church covenant. Like we have a covenant that binds us together and these promises like marriage vows to one another. And many of you have entered in, into those vows. And if you have not, like this is, if this is a place that you want to commit to, we do this membership class. We kind of talked about through all the behind the scenes stuff and how decisions are made and stuff. And there's a process to go through, but we would love for you to be brought into this family in an like, official, like, covenant-based way. Because we believe that God's doing something really, really great among us. And if he were not our prophet, our priest, our king, and the one who blesses us in these ways, we should really, really be worried about what's ahead. But because we know who he is, and we've spent a month just sitting under that kind of goodness, then we can celebrate and we can... We can be excited about what's ahead and we can look at him and say, okay, what's my role? You know, how can I be a part of blessing and keeping? How can I make this blessing tangible and real for the people around me? And God, would you keep me, keep me alert for the ways that you're trying to communicate that to me? Because sometimes when we're not all together, it's easy to forget it. And so it's the beautiful working together of all those things that when those priests put their hands out over the people, there's that verse at the end where God says, So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Like, I will do all of this because you're mine. And I've talked about it before, and I'll probably always talk about it in Toy Story. Right? Whose name is under Woody's foot? Andy's. And, there, and how does he know who he belongs to? Because it's written on him. And what does God say right here? It's like, I will put my name on them. It's not the act of the priests holding their hands out. It's the reality of this good and beautiful God making this real for us. That's how we know that we're his. And if I can help you remember that, I want to do it. And if you can help me remember that, then I hope you want to do that. And if that's the rhythm of like this like community life for us, then we're going to hit each birthday, and there's going to be more of us. And there, the love is going to deepen. And the tie that binds us is going to become more obvious and we're, start, we're going to continue to be like, okay, I'm starting, I, I understand now what you have in mind. And so I hope, this is, I hope you're encouraged by this. I hope that like, to think of it in this, in this way, to see the church as a family that God has gifted you for your blessing and keeping and all those things encompassed in that. And all of it, all of it, all of it comes from the heart of God it's made possible through the cross. And so our taking of communion is a family meal that happens. It's where, it's where it all finds its beginning. And that love and that connection will have no end. 
And so we have two meals tonight. We have this covenant family meal acknowledging what binds us together. And then we get to go have this like birthday party meal, which is also really, really fun. And so as we respond to God, as we take communion, as we sing, as we pray, whatever that looks like, can we be just grateful to Him for how good He is to us? Can all these acts of worship be acts of of gratitude and thanksgiving to Him for His faithfulness and His goodness, for Him loving us enough to give us Himself and give us one another and all the gifts that He showers upon us, for the ways that the priestly blessing is real now, and as we go forward together as a family, the ways it will just keep getting more and more like legitimately tangible to us. Uh, that's, that's what I want to be a part of. And that's what I feel like I am a part of with you. And to know that it's just going to go just deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper is really exciting to me. And so we'll bless one another through these responses and through this, this worship of our God. And then we'll go. We'll eat together. But uh, let's stand together. Let me pray for us before we approach the table. Taylor's going to come serve tonight. You are welcome at the communion table. If, if you're a Christian, I mean, if you're in Christ, you know Jesus, like Jesus is your prophet, priest, king, savior. Uh, you don't have to be a member here to take communion with us. Uh, we do the kind where you tear off the bread and you dip it in the juice. Um, and as that is happening, we're acknowledging the body broken for us, the blood of Christ poured out for us, the, everything that has pulled us together. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then we're just going to respond through communion. Or if you want to come kneel down and pray, you can always do that, or we'll sing. So let me pray for us.